On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we are back! That's right, after a short little hiatus, the man, the model, Double Down Trent, our NFL insider Coulter, we are all back. We're going to be reviewing a lot of games this week. There's some great games on the docket. Plus, we also look ahead at a possible playoff scenario here. Who's in? Who's out? Oklahoma with a massive loss. They're done. So we've got plenty to preview, including some really big matchups this week. Games like Georgia and Florida, as well as USC and Washington. Then we shift our attention back to the NFL as we welcome back our insider Coulter. We've got some picks to break down. We're talking bottom five head coaches in the league. It's an absolutely jam-packed episode. I speak for everybody when I say, damn, it feels good to be back on Double Down Trend. Double Down Trend, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trend. Hey, yeah, Double Down Trend. Let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host as always. Once again, I am joined by my co-host Aaron, aka the model. Air, we're back, baby. How you we're doing? back. We're back. You we sent some, are back. Some phenomenal pictures from your vacation in Mexico. Are you feeling? Relaxed, rejuvenated, tanned. How's it feel? Listen, me amigo. <laughs> <laughs> feeling great. Definitely tan. It was a fantastic vacation. I want to thank AK. It was unbelievable. One of the nicest places I've ever been in my life. Easily the most baller vacation I've ever been on. Had some good friends, some laughs, some tequila. Learned a little Espanol. You had some, you had some golf pictures in there too. You got it on the links. Oh, I played that honestly when I, I when I say the nicest golf course I've ever played, it was without a doubt the nicest golf course I've ever played. It has the world's only natural island green. So there's a par 3 where you tee off from the land, you have to hit it on an island. Unbelievable. Wow. Uh really great stuff. So, glad to be back from that. How was your vacation? Uh it was excellent. I'd say vacation with kids is not the vacation, it's a trip. So my trip, my friend, was as good as it gets with small children. How about we leave it at that? All right. That's fair enough. (laughs) We've also got a little bit of World Series action. Now, we were in a good shape. Nationals were taking a 2-0 lead. Now, we've choked it away. We've squandered it. We're down 3-2. We're on the brink of elimination tonight. I got something in the tank. How are you feeling? We should say that we're recording on a Tuesday night around uh just before seven o'clock eastern time so the 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 game in houston has yet to start but we are both going to be tuned in and uh, cheering on the nats to see if we can send this to seven games yeah now by the time everyone's listening to this the nats will either be done their season will be over and we'll have lost or we're forcing the game seven now i've got one little trick up my sleeve as you can see i'm wearing my nats gear i've also got my Gerardo Parra sunglasses, the rose gold shades, the baby shark shades. I was at game three of the World Series. 
Started off incredible, ended up really badly, but I got these sweet shades from the woman behind me. Turned their luck a little bit. We scored a run, but didn't come through. So I'm rocking the Para shades. I got the Nats. I'm feeling good. All right. Well, you need to keep that with you for the rest of the night, and we'll see if we can pull it together and send this to seven. Yes, sir. Now, when it comes to college football, we've got a lot to talk about as well. We've got two weeks of activity. We're not going to review all that. A lot's happened. So let's start off with a good little bet that I think you you might have for us. (laughs) I wanted to bring up, before we jumped into our competition that we had going on, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Clemson football. And there's been some changes in their futures odds, and I can't figure out why it's happening. So let me set the stage for you here first. Okay, give it to me. I, on a weekly basis, I track futures odds just to see kind of how things are, how things are going. And I, I've been tracking Clemson as one of the key teams for most of the year. For much of the last couple months, their odds have been uh, plus 180, which translates to them winning the national championship right around 36% of the time. Wow. Now, a couple weeks ago, their odds went up a little bit to plus 250, meaning their odds to win the national championship have decreased a little bit. I think the, given the performance of Lawrence, their quarterback, it hasn't been as good as what he had uh, in years in the year prior. So that 180 at 36% to 250 is right around 20, 29% likely to win. So a slight decrease. Okay. okay. You with me so far with you now, here's what I can't understand. And I, I, I need help. In the last couple of days, their odds have jumped to plus 500, which is now represents 17% chance of them to win the national championship. And given this is a team that is still undefeated, yep, still has the likely the easiest path to go undefeated and to win their ACC conference and Agreed. thus get a, a, a claim into the, the playoff. And I just can't put my finger on it. And I'm I'm even looking at uh, 538, which does future-looking predictions about what is the likelihood a team is going to win their conference, make the playoffs, and win the national championship. Clemson is the highest likelihood to make the playoff at 86% right now. They're playing Wofford this weekend, so it's likely an easy win. Wofford. And, yeah. And then even winning the national championship, they're listed at 24%, just right behind Ohio State at 25%. So to me... I'm trying to understand what was the significant change recently that decreased their odds a bunch. What do you got for me? If anything? Okay. Here's my only thought about what may have caused this. And it's the classic sec bias. Mm. I think the fact that LSU just knocked off Auburn, that they now in some poll, I think they're the AP top team in some polls. They're one, some polls are two. Yeah. I think what you're seeing is you're getting a lot of SEC money coming in for the 4A here. Now, that could be completely wrong, but I know the general gambling public favors the SEC. I think Clemson's also been a little under the radar, if you will. I know it's hard to say for a team that's third, fourth in the country, but because they're not really playing any major teams, they got no one left in their schedule, maybe you could say they could get a scare from Wake or maybe NC state. I don't, I just, I don't see that. No, I don't see that. So they're going to be in the playoff. And I think the fact that they're not, uh, having such a dominant quote unquote year, as people thought from Trevor Lawrence, maybe they're sliding a little bit for, but what I hear you telling me here is you're getting some value, my friend, some 
absolute major value. Well, and here's the thing. I am now a futures ticket holder on Clemson. Because okay. Of that, I uh, took a little position on them. I'm going to be rooting for them the rest of the year. I did not have uh, much of a position, any position on them prior, but I saw this jump up from 250 to plus 500. And I couldn't understand it, so I hopped all over it, and I'm now holding a ticket for them to win the national championship and rooting for them to make the college playoff. I like it. I mean, there's no way they don't make the playoff. They're going to make the playoff. I mean, that's that's going to happen. So you're in good position there. You're going to get probably Alabama. You, so we can save this for a little bit later, but it's going to shake out a little interesting now with the college playoff here. So as far as it goes, your model, you're, you're all about finding the data, finding the value. I think you got it, man. I think that's a good pick. Uh, we sure like to hope so. And we will see how it changes. If at all the next couple of weeks, you got to think that that odds are going to go down. That's going to get more and more likely that they're going to make the playoff and thus decrease their odds to or increase their odds to win the national championship. So we'll uh, we'll hope they go undefeated the rest of the way. Yeah, let's see. I, I, I think they will. So uh, good pick there. Good futures bet. We're all about providing the listeners with some futures, man. So we've got a few out there now. Is it time to segue into the utter <laughs> carnage <laughs> that happened in our picks last week? It is. It is. Can I ask you a question first? Uh, Sure. (laughs) Now, in your last 10 picks, you have gone one and nine. My question for you is this. Are you seeing the board clearly? Okay. I just put on (laughs) these rose gold tinted glasses, so I think that's going to help me see things. But woof. (laughs) Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is all I can say about my picks. Now, I actually was going to talk to you about this here because now, as our listeners know, you've ha- had some picks this season where your model told you one thing, but your gut told you the other and you flip flopped it. That's so, right. I want to let everyone know that I made these picks in Mexico. OK, everything is reversed <laughs> down there. OK, it's 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 below the the, the border. I want to say it's south of the equator, but it's not. So I'm, I can't use that excuse. But. Everything is opposite down there, okay? Left is right, up is down, a loss is a win. So I actually think the Mexican 0-5 is a real 5-0. and That's right. I think that's exactly right. I think you nailed it. And going 0-5 last week is a really 5-0, and so kudos to you. Well done. Yeah, it's hard to do. It is hard to do that, my friend. So I dare the listeners, try and do that. Try and do that next week. All right, let's go through the games from last week and last week only. We won't look back for two weeks ago, and then we will talk about this week's games but before we do that, you, we'll do uh, listener standings. You ready? Let's do it. In first place, but it's getting super tight, we have JoJo. Joe, Joe. I mean, real quick shout out, JoJo. Hanging around, keeping the lead. You still got the bull bullseye on the back. I'm coming for you, though. I'm coming to make it a comeback. And he's starting to stumble just a little bit. He's gone four and six in the last two weeks. So he hasn't been as good as, as it's been in the past. He's 28 wins, 18 losses, good for 61%. So, uh, certainly tightening up the race a little bit in second place. We have Graham close on his heels at 60% accuracy, uh, third place Shep dog, 58% accuracy in fourth place. We have Lenny 56% accuracy. And in fifth place, we have a three-way tie we have Little Model, The Man, You, 
and the model, me, all at 50% accuracy. Can you yeah. believe that we're tied right now? No. If you had told me three, four weeks ago that we'd be tied here, I'd said, you are nuts. That model is backwards. <laughs> but here we are. I do want to say, I find it very interesting, though, that we are at 50 fucking percent. It is just, it goes to show you that you need to be an exceptional gambler to win. You either need to have great instincts like a man like myself occasionally has, <laughs> or you got to have great data like the model occasionally has with you. Otherwise, you're going to be right here at 50%. But, my friend, there is a but. There's a lot of season left. There's a lot of season left. That's right. A lot of football to be played. All right. And we will see how that shakes out. So in eighth place, uh, not too far behind us, we have a tie. Colorado Rocky and Luann are both at 49%. Uh, so that will be interesting to watch. Tenth place, Dumb Man 47 at 47%. Eleventh place, we have a tie. The Legend and AK are at 46%. 13th place, Mrs. Model is at 44%. And in 14th place, last, still, Deek Buff, 37% accuracy. Tough break, Deek Buff. Uh, Mr. Model, if you would be so kind, you want to crunch uh, our pool-wide percentage average? Because if I had to guess, and granted, I'm not a math guy. I think we've discussed that at length. I would guess we're close to 50%. The... Average accuracy right now is exactly 50%. That's fucking unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. All right, let's review some of the games from last week uh, now that we've discussed the standings. Okay, so I ended up going 2-3 and three last week. Uh, you went 0-5. The first game that we had, Ohio State minus 14 against a visiting Wisconsin team. I had taken Ohio State. You took Wisconsin. That ended up coming through. Uh, and coming through handily, did they beat that? Did Ohio State beat, beat Wisconsin more than you expected? Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I picked them to cover. I do want to say too, I didn't see a minute of any of these games, which uh, is what it is. When you're traveling to Mexico, it's tough to watch these games. Um, I was shocked by the outcome of this game. I, I was all aboard the Wisconsin train. I thought Ohio State was going to win this game. They're the better team. I just thought Wisconsin was going to give them a run. I thought this would come down to like a last-second play, maybe a field goal. Woo! Was I wrong? I think that's the end of Wisconsin. It does show that Ohio State is just a powerhouse. I think if they can hold on, which they should be able to, they're going to look real, real tough in a playoff situation. I, I totally agree, and I'm hoping that uh, they stumble here uh, in the next couple of weeks. They still have a couple of decent matchups coming up with Penn State and with a pseudo-OK Michigan team, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, the second game that we had, Kansas State, upset of the weekend, beat an Oklahoma team that was uh, favored by 21.5 points. We both lost this. We both took Oklahoma minus 21.5. This is a good example, my friend, of a time that I overruled the model. And it came back to burn me. So what yeah. do you think about that? So that's about damn time it happened to you. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, this game was shocking. Obviously, this is the upset of the week. This could go down as the upset of the season. Everyone had Oklahoma penciled in as the un a potential unbeaten, as a team that was going to run through the Big 12. And now they're in trouble. They're in a tough spot here because the way things are going to shake out with the playoff, it's going to be really interesting because you're going to have Ohio State in there. You're going to have Clemson in there, and you're going to have one of the SEC teams in there for sure. Yep. Are you going to say that the loser of the SEC championship game gets in there too? 
I think that's a possibility. It's going to come down to now Oklahoma is going to have to come out and just have a trouncing win in the Big 12 championship, I think, to help their case. If they struggle through the Big 12 championship game and don't look good, you could make a case that the second SEC team who loses the SEC championship game has got a better shot to make it than Oklahoma does. So they did not do themselves any favors. I totally agree. I have been actually perusing again, 538 on this because they provide some really insightful stuff. Let's assume that Clemson, Ohio state and Oklahoma all went out. Guess, make a guess to me of what the odds that Oklahoma makes the playoff are. What do you think? Can you repeat that one more time? Where the three teams? So Clemson, Ohio state and Oklahoma all win out. Man, I wouldn't, their, their odds have got to be like 2% to make it. No. So right now, 538 has it at 84% that what? Oklahoma makes the playoff. What? Yeah. That to me is absolutely shocking. Yeah. Shocking. And it, and if we add to that, so let's say then like, let's just pretend Alabama wins out. Yeah. So then it's saying that Oklahoma has 83% chance that uh, LSU will be that fourth team. Wow. I am uh, I am shocked. So shocked. they're definitely uh, maybe still in the driver's seat. I sure hope so because I'm holding that future. But uh, yeah, I think they still have a chance to make it, and they just need to win out and win the rest of the games. Wow. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. I was completely wrong on that one. <laughs> All right. So our third game from last week, LSU uh, against Auburn. You and I had both taken LSU minus 11. Game was super close, much closer than I anticipated, and Auburn uh, covered this one pretty easily. Um, the fourth game, Minnesota against Maryland, Minnesota still having a phenomenal year, although they haven't played much of anyone. I took Minnesota minus 15. You took Maryland. That one just squeaked through, uh, Minnesota was able to cover and pretty easily there. And then the last game, maybe the, one of the best games of the weekend, yeah. it was the weather. It was a decent mass up matchup, Michigan minus two and a half over Notre Dame. You and I were both with the fighting Irish and Michigan just absolutely stomped them. What do you think? That was surprising, too. And, and real quick, I do want to say the LSU Auburn game was fantastic. I was riding Coach O down in the bayou. They won the game. Auburn did show, though, that they belong. They're a really good team. Now, as for the Notre Dame Michigan game, I had been all over Michigan saying that they were frauds, terrible team, just goodbye, Michigan. Well, guess what? They just put the fraud tag on Notre Dame. They absolutely took it to Notre Dame. Notre Dame fraud. Goodbye. Good night. Now, I do want to bring this up to you because I believe that we had talked about a little bit of a debate here about (laughs) who had a better shot at making the playoff, Notre Dame or Georgia. Yeah. And we were on different sides. You took your fighting Irish boys. Care to uh, to reassess that situation? Oh, you know. I feel like I'm really just looking to have a, a memory loss moment and say, I don't remember having that conversation whatsoever. Uh, I am holding a Georgia futures ticket. So maybe I'm just going to continue rooting for them, but I absolutely need to eat my words. Notre Dame, not who I thought they were. Maybe they performed better against Georgia, given the circumstances of it being, I think it was indoors or at least really nice weather. This one totally out of their element, got absolutely rolled. Couldn't stop the rush from Michigan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked about the path that, that Georgia's got, and we're going to discuss them in a little bit here, but, uh, you know, Notre Dame just showing up and laying an egg against Michigan. I thought, Bob, 
riding off. I thought he's done. I thought he was going to make a jump to the NFL, which I think is still possible depending on what happens for the rest of the season. But goodbye, Notre Dame. I'm so fucking mad. I picked you, but there was no way I was going to pick Michigan in that game. There's just no chance. Yeah. Let's hoping we can uh, get a little redemption for this week. I think this yeah. week to me too is like the calm before the storm. There's a bunch of really good yeah. teams that are on by. Uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, there's going to be some huge high impact games that really affect standings. Yep. So let's go through what we got on the schedule for this week. So the first game I actually think is an underrated game, although college game day is going there for the first time. I think they're heading to Memphis. Oh shit. Memphis is home against an undefeated SMU team. Memphis is a favorite minus five and a half SMU again, undefeated. And I think ranked in the teens, is the underdog at plus five and a half. Who do you like here? Yeah, I was uh, surprised to see how both these teams are better than I thought they were. Both ranked teams, so good for them. I wonder when the last time SMU was ranked this high. They're 14th, I think, or 15th in some polls. Yep. Um, it's it's incredible. So Now, here's what I was going to talk you through here. And I usually have a slight advantage for the home team. I usually lean towards the underdogs, so I'm a little bit torn here, but I'm going to give you a little idea here, okay? And given my current 10-game track record, <laughs> I need to do something a little different. Okay. I'm going with our core value, our double-down shrimp company policy, George Costanza. If every thought that you have is wrong, (laughs) then the opposite has to be true. I was leaning towards Memphis, which means I have to choose SMU. Wow. That's all I got for you there. (laughs) I do do not even have any words for you. Um, I feel extremely good that you are taking SMU, especially given your recent picks. Um, my model, this is a game that I've bet. My model loves Memphis in this spot. My model thinks that Memphis is going to win by about 17 points. I've already bet this game. I am rooting for Memphis, and I am all over Memphis minus five and a half here. 17. That's a big, uh, big number. That is a big number indeed. So we'll see if they come through. All right. Uh, our second game, I'm giving my uh, alma mater a shout out. Wake Forest is home against NC State. Wake Forest is the favorite here, minus seven and a half. NC State plus seven and a half. Who do you like? Now, I would love nothing more to pick against your alma mater. Yep. The favorite and say, Aaron's team is going to catapult me into a victory. It's going to be a win for me and a loss for you. I just can't do it. I got to take the demon Deacons. They're better than I thought they were. I looked up their season. I, I got to be honest. I haven't watched a minute of wake forest football this year. They impressed me from what I saw. They're a little bit better. So I got to take your team, man. It, it hurts me, but I got to do it. Okay. I, I love that pick a lot. Um, my model has this as a Wake Forest win again, right about by seven, seven points, seven and a half points. So it's going to be super close to what the spread is here. The one thing that's differentiating for me that's making me take Wake Forest is that North Carolina State is starting a redshirt freshman, Devin Leary. And this is the first time a redshirt freshman has started since Russell Wilson. Uh, so there's been two other quarterbacks who have started 
uh, games for NC State earlier this year. It sounds like they're either injured or just haven't been performing uh, up to par. So I like that this is a guy who hasn't started before and is coming in to play the game. He did have some decent stats from last week, but uh, I like this spot for Wake Forest, and I'm hoping they can cover 7.5. Good info there. I like shirt freshman that's not an easy spot but if hey the last one to do it was russell wilson maybe he's got something similar you never know you never know we'll see all right our third game might be the doozy of the weekend it is sec football at a neutral site we've been to this game before a couple years ago which was a lot of fun florida there's technically no one home or away florida against georgia florida is the underdog plus five and a half georgia minus five and a half you're wearing your red do I just assume? So the red, obviously, as discussed, is for the Nationals. But it could be double. It could be a dual purpose here. Now, I will – I'm just going to save some picks and some 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 suspense here. I'm picking Georgia, but I want to tell you why. I think Georgia, or Florida is just overrated. How are they the sixth team in the country right now? I don't see it. I mean, I know they've got some good wins under their belt, but they are they're not that good of a team. They're just not. And we've mentioned before, and I've been on their bandwagon, that Georgia still has a good path. They control their destiny here. They've got to knock off Florida. Now, the fact that this is a neutral site game, I think, uh, obviously, doesn't have an impact on this game. This has always been a neutral site game. Yep. I'm just going to take the better coach here, okay? Give me Kirby. He's a better coach. He just is. And if they get out of there, the last real hurdle for them is going to be Auburn. It's a big hurdle for sure. But if they come out of there with one loss, I love their chances. Now, AK, every Georgia fan, they've been through this through their entire fandom. They are, everyone's writing them off. Everyone's like, they're done. Georgia's out. See you later. And it was a really bad loss to South Carolina, but they control their own destiny. You knock off your rival in Florida here. That gives you a major momentum, gives you a big bump. And who knows how things are going to shake out in the SEC. I think they're going to win here, and I think they're going to get some momentum that really propels them to the exact scenario that I thought was going to happen, that they end up as a one-loss team. So I am taking the Georgia Bulldogs minus five and a half. As much as I would like to say that I'm with you, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, My model – and this is one of the times where I am extremely uneasy, but following the model here, my model has this game as a Florida win by about four points. Wow, really? Yes. I have no idea why. I'm not sure I agree with it. <laughs> I really want to overrule it and go with Georgia here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to it. I'm going to hope that Georgia still wins this game for my futures bet, but that Florida is able to cover and keep it close. So I am taking against you here. I'm taking Florida plus five and a half and rolling the dice. All right. It's fair, man. But like you said, that keeps that futures bet alive. I think it's still one that you got some hope with. So we're pinned up against each other once again. Oh yeah. All right. For our last two games, we're jumping to the pack 12, my area of expertise. We have two pretty good matchups this week that are going to definitely impact the conference finals. The first one, USC is home against a visiting Oregon team. USC is the underdog plus five, Oregon minus five. Who do you like, USC or Oregon? Now, I don't want to look ahead on our picks here and reveal anything, but I hate that we have two Pac-12 games (laughs) on the docket 
that is just right in your power alley. It is not good for me. So I got to go with my George Costanza on this one as well. I thought Oregon was the better team here. I yep. really do. Yep. I think Oregon wins this game. But because of that, because of my opposite, I'm taking USC. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to be right there with you, too. My model has this game as uh, nearly a coin flip. Um, so if I'm going to be able to get five points uh, with USC, I'm going to take it as the as the home team. I really don't see USC winning this game at all. I think Oregon's going to come through and, and, and probably win pretty well. But I'm suspecting that this game is going to be close. I don't know. This is one that, again, is uneasy in my stomach. I'm going along with the model here, and I'm going to go with USC, although I will be rooting for an Oregon win so that Utah can go into the driver's seat and uh, make the uh, Pac-12 conference finals if they're able to win or lose. And you you, you hit it right on the head there. USC's just been such an inconsistent team. I know they've been dealing with some injuries at quarterback. I never get a read on them. There's some weeks they're looking dominant and then some weeks they look terrible. You really don't know what you're getting with them. Oregon's the better team here. I would not be shocked if this is like a eight to 10 point victory for Oregon, but I'm going with the opposite. I just got to do it. All right. All right. The last one we have, Washington is home against Utah. Washington is a slight underdog at plus three. Utah is the favorite at minus three. Who do you like? Okay. Now I've picked Washington a few times this year. And I am, I believe I'm one and two with them. Okay. (laughs) They contributed to my one and nine over my last 10. And I don't like that one bit. Nope. I think Utah is the correct pick here, Uh but I got to maintain my Costanza. (laughs) I got to keep the opposite until I can shake off this cold streak. I got take Washington one more time. Give me the points. They're at home. They're getting points. I know they haven't had a really good stretch here. They don't been playing terrible. Something about a home team getting points. I like, so even though I'm going with the opposite here, I kind of feel a little confident in that pick. All right. That's not a bad pick at all. My model has this game as a, basically a coin flip. So if I was following the model with this one, I too would be alongside you at Washington plus three. I just can't do it. I'm going to be on Utah um, minus three here. I think they're going to be the better team. I think they're going to be better than what they've been in the past. They've always played Washington pretty close, but haven't been able to get the win. I hope this is the year, even though they are away, uh, I am going to be taking Utah minus three and hoping for a win here and a loss for you. What do you think? That's that's reasonable. I mean, you obviously want to root for me to lose here, but your your futures bet with Utah is still alive, correct? Yeah, and one of the things I, I've picked up recently is that even though they've lost head-to-head against USC, that actually doesn't matter. It is likely not going to matter because one of the other tiebreakers that comes earlier is overall record. So if they just win out, and let's pretend USC wins out, U- Utah will be the one to go and represent their division in the Pac-12 conference finals. Okay, very good. Very good. Um, I don't want to look ahead in the schedule, but let's do it real quick. There's some great games coming. Some great games coming. The one I just want to point out, LSU versus Alabama on 11-9. That is a few weeks away, but that to me, obviously it's a huge matchup. That's going to swing so much. It's not just going to swing the SEC. It's going to swing the playoff. It's going to swing Every team's hopes of making the playoff. What I actually would love to see is our guy, Coach O, gets the win. Alabama's now at a one loss. 
LSU would win out in theory. Mm-hmm. They'd win the SEC West, which would be something. That means Alabama's not even going to the SEC championship game. Oof. Now, what if a one loss, let's say it's Georgia instead of Florida, is yep. playing against LSU in the SEC championship game? LSU wins. Now Georgia's got two losses. They're done. They're done. You got an LSU team sitting there with one loss, didn't make it in the conference championship. Could you foresee that LSU team or that Alabama team jumping in to the playoff? Absolutely. I could too. I Absolutely. Could <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy to watch. And that's why that or, or the Oklahoma loss is so big. It's huge. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely huge. All right. Well, that will do that. I got my rose gold on. Let's go, Nats. Who knows what's going to happen? By the time everyone's listening to this, we'll already have known. But, whoo, baby, I am excited. And I am also really fired up to shake off this cold streak, Mr. Model. I sure hope it doesn't happen. I've been loving it the last two weeks. I love that we're tied. I'm hoping to come through this weekend and just pass you. And uh, we'll see how the Nats do tonight and how the NFL picks go in the next segment. Yeah. All right. Everyone stay tuned for our second segment where we are welcoming back our insider Coulter and looking at the NFL. So stay tuned for that. Okay, for our second segment, we welcome back on our very own NFL insider, Coulter. How you doing, my man? How your picks looking? Oh, man, I'm one or two bad picks away from getting that NFL insider title removed. It's been a, you know, just a couple bad weeks. Not bad weeks, I should say. In in our pool, I went uh, nine and five in week seven, eight and seven last week. So I'm above 500, but I mean, man, there's just ones that are really bringing down the morale and there's none worse than switching to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday morning. There was a Let's, rainstorm here in the Northeast and I, you know, I, I, I did what all the sharps in Vegas were doing. You know, I wasn't the only one that did this. A lot of people in Vegas were hammering the Browns. It went all the way down to 10.5 and it went back up a little bit to 11 before kickoff. But man, I was on the wrong side of this one. I don't know what happened. Now I like that you teased this. Okay. Because I just got to, I feel there's a little responsibility here to just bring this to light because you had tweeted out and I liked this. I thought it would make a lot of sense. You said <laughs> capital letters too, by the way, capital letters, coaching mismatch, mismatch alert, Bill Belichick, six time world champion head coach is going up against Freddie kitchens, a man who couldn't figure out what play to call on fourth and inches after a 15 minute break this week, <laughs> Brian Castellate, Aaron and I are taking the week <laughs> off. But you best believe that this is going to be a blowout. Mark it down. If Baker couldn't move the ball against San Fran or LAR, he's going to be lost against Bill Belichick's defense that had Sam Darnold seeing ghosts Monday night. Sometimes a handicap is just that simple. <laughs> what a perfect handicap that was. I should have just read that tweet to myself before checking the, the Cleveland Browns box. And yeah, it, ended up, it ended up being the coaching mismatch of the century, not only of the year. I mean, Freddie Kitchens, that guy is just atrocious. 
I mean, some of the things that he did, the fourth and 11 to get, make it fourth and 16, that was awful. But I mean, kicking the field goal at the end, I mean, not to make it about all about gambling, but what are you doing? Like, go for the touchdown. Have some self-respect. What the hell are you doing with two minutes left in the game kicking a field goal to go down by 14? Go for the touchdown. Have some self-respect. The guy just doesn't know what he's doing. Situationally unaware. He's just an idiot. Yeah. I, he's the worst coach in the league. Complete lack of situational awareness. He is my graded worst coach. He's 32nd overall. I know Dan, <laughs> Dan Quinn should have that spot, but I, he he's just going to get fired. So Dan Quinn's not even worth the time. Mr. Model, Mr. Model, do you think that's uh, an accurate assessment there? I, I feel like this is a slight overreaction. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I think it's a slight overreaction to last week's results. I think uh, this is will calm with time. I think you should have a little therapeutic session. You should get it out. I'm you should meditate. Right yeah. You should just, you know, let it go. Take a couple deep breaths. But I, I, yeah, I would agree with you. I, I could see him in being in the bottom half of the coaching carousel in the NFL, but I think uh, dead last is a little extreme. <laughs> it, yeah, maybe not dead last. I mean, Dan Quinn is dead last right now, but I mean, Freddie just – He's not going to make it through this year, I don't think. He just does not have what a head coach is. Did you guys see that photo that was tweeted out about the sideline discipline, how New England looked like the U.S. Army on the sideline? They were right on the line. It was just straight line, so well meticulous, Belichick. And then the Browns, all the players are scattered. There's Gatorade bottles all over the field. It looks like they run like a JV team. What an encapsulation of how different these two programs are. I, I just can't say enough about how Kitchens is just laissez-faire, and that's just not going to work in the NFL, especially when you're going up against Bill Belichick. And I got to be honest, if if I'm being a fan here, I am so happy the Browns are still being the Browns, <laughs> especially because they stole my guy Odell. So now that trade's actually looking pretty damn good for the Giants, which blows my mind. But they just somehow managed to mess it up. And I think the main culprit here is Freddie Kitchens. I mean, he's supposed to be the guy leading that team. They've got no direction. I should say the best player on the field, actually, on Sunday, at least from my eyes and my perspective, I mean, New England's unit as a defense is just fantastic. But Nick Chubb was the best player on the field. The Browns are talented, I think. And so that's why I have to keep hammering this Freddie Kitchens point home is this is a team that outgained New England. This is a team that played pretty well against New England. They had three turnovers on three consecutive plays. Besides that, they didn't play that badly. They still ended up losing by 14, and that's because their coach is a clown. Yeah, it's bad. But this is a topic that we have discussed on this podcast. It's one and of your personal even, favorites. I know. I didn't even listen to myself. Here's the <laughs> my quick, my quick two-second logic, though, is – in our pool, as you guys know, the lines are dead. So I saw 13 and a half and I see it all the way down to 10 and a half. I'm like, wow, I'm getting three extra points of value. And you know what? Playing that way in this pool is advantageous because Seattle ended up being my best bet. They had four more points of value uh, by Sunday with the quarterback being out in Atlanta. I also won with New Orleans with the same thing. And the Giants, I took the seven and a half. They covered and that was, you know, they had an extra point and a half value on them. So I ended up being three and one, just taking the logical point value. My only loss, though, was with Cleveland, and that's, of course, was that drew my the most ire because it was like the other two guys ahead of me in the pool also had New England, and so I should have just kept New England, and I tweeted that out too, which makes it all the wor- that much worse. It's so bad. I get your logic, so I'm glad you talked us through that because it makes sense, and I see where you came from, but man, don't go against Bill. <laughs> no, coaching mismatch of the year slash century, I, it was foolish of me. 
lesson I mean, learned. It's a, it's a really a big Testament though. In the NFL, if you got a better coaching matchup, a better quarterback that tends to win. And that also tends to win in the gambling lines. Belichick is 21 and Oh, against first year or second year quarterbacks. Isn't that incredible? That's ridiculous. Just beats him down. Just beats All right. him down. Well, this is a nice segue too, because our other favorite topic on here is talking about shitty NFL coaches here. So give us your list because Freddie, you just said it's your number 32. So give us your bottom five here. As I know you prepared that out. I want to see who you got here and see if we agree. I'm excluding Dan Quinn as he may be fired by the time this podcast posts. And I'm also excluding the guys down in Miami and Cincinnati as I just don't think that their teams are adequate to even compare, especially to the Browns who I think are loaded talent wise. I, my number two is Adam Gase. This guy has now failed in two different organizations. I know that their management is really befuddling. Uh, you know, they had the GM that they fired and all this bad stuff, but this guy has lost control here. They're talking about trading bell. He's a total clown. He's not a winner. Uh, you know, offensively, this team should be a lot better. You know, they're not, they're not as talentless as they showed on Sunday. Number three behind Adam Gase. I know he's won the AFC South a few times, but you know it's Bill O'Brien. I mean, this guy can <laughs> he continuously gets Watson killed. He's a perpetual underachiever. He's never won a big game in the playoffs. He's never won a big game, period. And just like Freddie Kitchens on Sunday, he cost me the goddamn pick. <laughs> I can't believe I took Bill O'Brien in the six and a half. What was I thinking about? It's personal. So oh, it's so- I see you got a good reaction to that one. I, I'm just waiting for him to get fired. I'm still hoping for it to happen, even though he's not the first coach fired. I was on him early. Didn't happen, but uh, I like that pick. He's going to be, I mean, let's, let's be honest. With the way that division is shaken out, the way Deshaun Watson is playing, you've got to win that division. If they choke and don't even make the playoffs, he's got to be gone. He's had way too many times, way too many years of trying to do this. If he can't come through now, you got to dump him. I agree yeah, with I that. I totally agree. Okay, so who's next? I, I, I like both those picks so far. <laughs> I've got Matt Nagy as my number four. Woo, uh, I think, baby! I think he thinks he's smarter than he really is, and he runs a terrible offense. I mean, let's just go through the offense. Mitch Trubisky, he should be better if this guy's a quarterback whisperer. Mitch T is one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. Their run offense is just atrocious. He made me hate Tariq Cohen in fantasy football last year because he so underutilized Cohen, who I think is a gadget player extraordinaire. I mean, I think Belichick could turn that guy into a pro bowler tomorrow. Um, and I just think that the receivers, everything about that offense, I think it should be a lot more dynamic. I like Anthony Miller, I like Allen Robinson, yet they cannot throw the football. Trey Burton is not a bad tight end. Everything about that offense is just damn near terrible. Uh, and then the whole kicking charade this past summer where they bring in the nine kickers and all his decision making, you know, spreading it out on the five yard line instead of running it up the gut. Uh, the field goal at the end with 50 seconds on the clock. I mean, we could just go on and on and on. He's situationally unaware and he's not a good offensive coach, which is what his specialty should be. I think he's going to ride that coach of the year award that he won last year and get another year at Chicago in 2020, but that's going to be a mistake. I'm going to start betting against Matt Nagy every week. It's amazing how fast the wheels have fallen off for that team because you looked at them last year and that playoff game against the Eagles that I know it came down to a missed field goal, but they realistically should have won that game. Everyone's saying, you know what? Maybe I could buy into Mitch as a quarterback, maybe. And then you got their defense, which is carrying the team. And then you fast forward to this year. Obviously, the defense is nasty, but that offense is doing nothing. You think in a second year in a system that you're going to improve as an offense, your quarterback is going to get better, especially when it's a young, young quarterback who should be reaching some of his better peak years. 
Instead, he's regressing. I'm with you on Matt Nagy on this one solely because of his press conference that he gave after the game. That was the most demeaning press conference I've seen out of a coach in a really long time. And you're dealing with a guy like Belichick who comes up and just shits on the media. So for him to come out and basically be like, I'm smarter than you guys. Here's why I didn't do this. You guys are wrong. Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> I mean, you just can't do that when you put on like a performance like that. Yeah, he's nine I five. totally agree. I, he's I nine and five? Is, is actually the guy that uh, Matt Nagy coached against, Anthony Lynn. I think he's yeah. totally overrated. The thing about him is I can't actually tell how bad he is because the Chargers don't have a home field in their injuries, but – Man, they lost to my Broncos a few weeks ago, and that has to be one of the worst losses a team has had this season. <laughs> you can't lose to the Broncos like the way they did. Just totally, totally manhandled by, by our team. And quite frankly, they should have probably lost on Sunday. I mean, you're talking about a missed kick, uh, horrible situational awareness by Matt Nagy, you know, all this stuff that went wrong in Chicago. Anthony Lynn really should be a 2-6 and six coach right now. He's 3-5. and five. And, uh, you know, he's hanging in there. He is a grown man playing quarterback with Phil Rivers. If he had a Mitch Trubisky, that team would probably be 0-8. Yeah, I, I can see that, too, because they're one of those big underperformers that you think they'd be good. I'm surprised also, too. I know we're doing this the day of uh, the NFL trade deadline. I'm shocked they didn't move Melvin Gordon. That would have made more sense to me, just kind of move on from that charade and get over with it. But. They're on the downswing now, too. Phillip Rivers can't have much more left in the tank. If they're going to be – they're done this year. I mean, I don't know what you do. you got to start over with that franchise as well. What's amazing about this list is that Matt Patricia and Jason Garrett aren't on it. <laughs> I was going to say, how's your boy Garrett escaping here? I, I moved uh, Gase onto it. I, he somehow wasn't onto my list. And I also added uh, Matt Nagy, who wasn't in the bottom five either. Uh, so those are the newcomers, and they bumped Matt Patricia and Jason Garrett off for the week. So we'll see. But uh, – uh, those are some bad coaches right there. I was going to throw one out here just for uh, kind of shits and giggles when I get your thoughts here. What about my man Riverboat Ron down in Carolina? Ron Rivera. Riverboat Ron, is, you know, he was on the hot seat last year, and I think he could be on the hot seat again uh, coming up here after that blowout loss. I think Carolina was a media darling. Talk about being overrated. That team, everybody in America was picking them on Sunday morning. What were they t- – Kyle Allen is a back and quarterback going against the league's best defensive line. It's that simple. I mean, you didn't really need even more of a, a handle on the game more than that, right? It was a simple mismatch. Yeah. Great defensive line versus a backup quarterback. I don't understand how everybody was betting on Carolina. Did any, Did you guys have Carolina in this, the pool or no? No, I had the Niners. Yeah. I thought that was one of the best bets of the day, quite frankly. And I, I, The media is a bunch of lemmings. They all take their own takes and they just copy and paste them. The Carolina thing, that was a copy and paste job. I did not get that at all. <laughs> uh, all right, then let's uh, let's segue because it's time to review our picks from last yeah, week. Let's, let's focus on this week. Mr. Model, there's some carnage that happened last week. I think that's putting it nicely. Yes. <laughs> and we took last week off. So we actually have two weeks of results to run through and I'll do it super quickly. Uh, Coulter, I'm going to start with you. So I'm in last place, so go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so two weeks ago, you went one and one. You had taken Kansas City minus three and a half over your own Denver Broncos, and that came through for you. Good job. And then your key pick, Cincinnati plus three and a half over Jacksonville, was a close but no cigar, so that ended up losing. And then last week, you went 0 oh and two. You had taken Kansas City plus four and a half against Green Bay. 
that lost. And then Buffalo got absolutely shellacked. You had taken them Buffalo minus one and a half, which also didn't come through. Um, Casale, two weeks ago, you went two and oh, yeah, baby. LA Rams minus two and a half over Atlanta. And that turned into a total blowout. That was pretty. And then your key pick Kansas city minus three and a half over Denver. Uh, like Coulter that came through. That was a nice Thursday night win. And then last week you went Oh, and two, you took Yikes. like Coulter. You took Buffalo minus one and a half. Again, they got slacked. Uh, and then your key pick Detroit minus seven, minus seven and a half over your own New York giants barely, uh, didn't come through. So those are Oh, and two, uh, as for me, two weeks ago, I went one and one. I had taken Houston, over Indianapolis by half a point. Uh, that didn't come through. Indianapolis ended up covering that. And my key pick, Minnesota, Minnesota over Detroit. Minnesota ended up covering that uh, nicely, so that was a nice win for me. And then this past week, I went 2-0. and oh, Thank goodness. Green Bay, uh, minus 4.5, uh, the exact opposite of Coulter's pick. I was making it interesting, and I liked Green Bay in that spot. That came through. And then Seattle, minus 3.5 as my key pick. Uh, also came through. So are you guys ready for the standings? Oh, let's do it. So in first place, we have the man Casale. You got 14 points. Again, those key picks are coming through very nicely. You have eight wins and eight losses in the picks that we've done in the podcast. How's it feel? Hey man, it always feels good to be in first place, especially in when I'm in this pool with you guys and I am just absolutely (laughs) terrible. I mean, garbage fire, dumpster fire, hot mess. You name it. You throw out any term about how shitty I am. It applies to me in this pool. So I'm glad that I'm at least winning this contest. I, this is key picks that I'm going to start channeling, uh, in that, uh, competition as well. Cause I need to gain some ground in second place, making a little charge here, which I like to, I like to think is going to continue this weekend. I have moved up. I'm at 11 points. I'm three points behind you. Okay. I now have seven wins and nine losses. So, uh, had a good, good performance over the last two weeks. And then Coulter still hovering, still there. I don't want to look you're in last. You have seven points. Oh, pathetic. Six wins and 10 losses. So your key picks have been uh, really struggling here. Yeah. No regrets on the Kansas city one. I think Andy Reid did a hell of a job on Sunday night. Uh, Bucker, the kicker missed a kick that would have covered for me. And Aaron Jones put on the Superman Cape, which I mean, who saw that one coming? Yeah. We should note that Aaron Rodgers is somehow the MVP of the league. Give me the value on every other guy below him. I think that's play everybody else besides Aaron Rodgers, And we should tweet that out when we put this online. I'm, I'm not even kidding. There's value everywhere else besides I, I can't believe he's the favorite. I think that's so ridiculous. I mean, who else do you think would be a better a better pick, though, at this point? Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes. I still would take Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers. But what's being lost here because they've given up a couple points is that defense is still much better than it's been in years past. And Jones has 11 touchdowns. He's like Terrell Davis. You wouldn't, yeah. give John, you wouldn't give John Elway the MVP of the year that uh, TD ran for 2,000 yards. I mean, come on. Honestly, this is one of those situations, too, where Mahomes being out almost highlights his value. It's like you see what the Chiefs are doing without him. It's like definitely. Clear. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that that team just is not good. That run defense in Kansas City, we talked about on the last pod, is just an abysmal unit. They can't stop a nosebleed. And so 
Rodgers does not have that disadvantage. I know his receivers are hurt, but I mean, when your receivers are hurt and your running back has 11 touchdowns, it kind of cancels itself out. I mean, it's, yeah. I don't know. I, I watched that whole game. What did Rodgers do? He made the one great throw to Jamal Williams. that could have easily been picked. I mean, I, I just don't see it. I mean, Wilson, Watson, Jackson, those are guys that are really making the difference on their teams. McCaffrey, I know his team just lost and I just, you know, kind of ripped them apart in the last segment, but I mean, McCaffrey is carrying that team. I mean, those are all better individual players. And I think Rodgers, of course it's a quarterback award, so he'll probably will win it. But yeah, I think there's value everywhere else personally. Well, all right, boys, let's focus ahead to week number nine. Mr. Model, since you are moving up in the standings, why don't you uh, take it off here? Oh, baby, Uh, that I will. All right. So for my first non-key pick, I'm going to go against everything you guys said earlier in this podcast, (laughs) and I'm going to take Cleveland minus three and a half over Denver. And it's a very simple pick, I guess, for two reasons. One, I'm expecting redemption from Cleveland this weekend. I'm expecting that they will be better than what they've been. I think they're a better team than how it's turned out so far. And the second reason that's even more compelling to me goes by the name of Brandon Allen. Now, Brandon Allen, you might say, who is that? And that is the backup quarterback for the Denver Broncos, my friend. And he has yet to throw a single NFL pass in his couple years as part of the league. I was so going to say, he sounds like some kind of insurance salesman. <laughs> isn't he, isn't that the flash? Isn't Brandon Allen the flash? I was going to make a comic book joke. I thought it was Barry it? Gordon. Ba- oh, Barry Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I only know that by the way, from catch me. Catch me if you can. can. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only course. reason why I know that. Yeah. That's good. I like that. By the way, a plus handicap Aaron. That's just, I, I have my number one honorable mention pick of the week is the Browns. I don't have them as one of my two picks, but if I were to pick a third one, it would be the Browns. I'm only staying off of it because of kitchens and he, cause he burned me, but the QB advantage is there, as you mentioned, and Garrett Bowles versus miles Garrett. I mean, there hasn't been a big, a bigger mismatch in the trenches all season since Bowles played Khalil Mack. And we saw what happened there. So expect Garrett to have three sacks, two forced fumbles, maybe even interception, Allen is going to be on his back all day long. The Broncos might not score seven points. This is going to be a blowout. I think yeah. that's a lot. I, I would say it's a lock. I'm with well. you here as well. I agree yeah. with you. There's just no way that I can pick the Broncos yeah. right now. You just can't do it. I'm just not ballsy enough to make this one of my picks for the podcast. That's all. <laughs> yeah. I'm so. definitely taking Cleveland in the pool, but not taking them here in the pod. But yeah, Kitchens is he's enough to make it stay away. Cause it really is. a That's a great a handicap right there. I mean, it, the Browns are a home run pick in my opinion, but their co- coach is just miserable. So yeah, I respect the gonads there on the model. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you want to go to Coulter next for a little pick number one? Let's see what you got, sir. I'm going to go with the team I have not picked yet this year. And uh, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys seven and a half on the road against your giants. Kaz. It's a situational spot. Subconsciously, I picked the Jets last week, but I kind of wanted them to lose to set up this exact situation. Why? Because it leaves Dallas undervalued in the marketplace. This is a team that the betting public does not trust. Jason Garrett getting seven and a half points. How many people are really going to take that after he just lost to the Jets in the exact same stadium three weeks ago? Couldn't be happier that this line is exactly where it was when the local headlines came out last week. That means that everybody is going to be betting the Giants, in my opinion. 
I was hoping it was going to be this number. I'm going to pounce at this number. Seven and a half is good enough for me. I think Dallas is a better roster. And most importantly, the Giants defense. This is one of the worst units in the league. We all know that. But what I observed two weeks ago when they they hosted Kyler Murray was something that I don't think a lot of people have picked up on. This is a defense that is horrible, 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 horrible. They're even worse against mobile quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, these are the kind of guys that give them headaches. Dak Prescott beat them by what, 50 in the first week? No, I'm just kidding. It was like 35-14. Yeah, so it's going to happen again. They don't have the defensive line to handle a mobile quarterback, and Zeke's going to run all over them. Give me the 7.5. Giants' defense is awful, and they cannot defend mobile quarterbacks. That's my take. I agree with everything you said there. You don't think the addition of Leonard Williams, the big cat, is going to help us? Dave Gettleman, the genius, strikes again? No, I I don't think that's going to help them. And I think uh, that's I wouldn't say it's part of my handicap, but it's definitely a distraction. People are talking about it. It, it, I don't think it's going to really make a difference here at all. I really just have one question for Dave Gettleman, and it's why do you hate pass rush so much? (laughs) Why? It anchored the Giants' uh, Super Bowl championships. That's Both the weirdest years. part. Yeah, it's yeah. so strange. That was it's a- been a hallmark of this franchise for as long as I can remember, and we just cannot get a pass rush. And then we now trade for yet another interior D lineman. Now, don't yeah, get me wrong. Leonard Williams is a freak. He's nasty. He's got untapped potential. I don't think he played up to it at the Jets, but he's not a pass rusher. I just don't understand it. That was my brief rant on Dave. Uh, go ahead. I also forgot the Bills, Josh Allen, another mobile quarterback that beat the Giants handily, covered the spread. I, I want to say offhand that game was a 14-point game, and that was the Bills' biggest win of the year. Yep. I, I'm just, like I, I don't have that in front of me or not, but those are three games where mobile quarterbacks just absolutely took the Giants' defense apart, and I just don't see that unit improving. I mean, how many did they give up on Sunday? 31 to a— something. Injured Lions team that didn't even have a running back. I mean, the the unit's not good, and it's exceptionally bad when they're playing uh, mobile QBs. I would bet the over. I don't care what it is. It's probably going to be like 52 or something ridiculous. I'd still bet the over. I think the defense, like you said, is just going to get shredded. My only slight hesitation here with this is that the Giants just did this exact same thing to me last week against the fucking Lions. They got a backdoor cover at the end from a Daniel Jones touchdown pass. Now, this is a lot better defense. Dallas's defense is a lot healthier and a lot deeper than Detroit's defense. That's bottom line. Yep. I I hate the fact that it's seven and a half. If this was six and a half. Oh, I love it. I love the extra point. Yeah, this is this could be like the Rams won a couple weeks ago. They got me in trouble, but they ended up losing straight up. So that half point didn't really matter. But. I rarely love the favorite with the half point, but this, I actually love it because I don't think a lot of people are going to take the Cowboys because of that half point. I think they're going to go with the Giants. I love it. I love the situational spot. I think you're right. And, you know, if I was just betting with my brain instead of my heart, I would pick the Cowboys. The you Cowboys, did before. You have in the I know. I know. And they, this is a spot where they always win. They always do well against the Giants in prime time. It drives me fucking nuts. I've got the Giants picked in our pool here, but I think you made a good case, Colter. I might flop it. What do you got, Mr. Model? I, too, am on Dallas Cowboys. I cannot wait till next week when I come back to Colter and and shove this in his face that we both would have lost, that his poor uh, coach, Jason Garrett, has not come through and that your Giants were able to either pull the upset of the win or the cover. I hope that's not the case, but uh, this is one of those times where I'm going to say, Coulter, this is your coaching mismatch and uh, you're on the side of the uh, bad the redhead, coach, the clapper. Yeah. That's right. 
You know, I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that. I, I'm going against my own logic here with the bad coaching, but I really just think that the talent, just the, the trenches, Dallas's offensive line versus New York's defense. I'm not even going to worry about Jason Garrett in this one. I, Dallas is three times as talented as New York is. I, I've watched the season. I, I know that who's the better team here. Not to mention Philadelphia picked up a key win on the road. Uh, also cost me a point in the, in the pool, but also contributes to this line. Philadelphia is right on Dallas's heels. They're super motivated. I didn't even think about that one until just now. I love the fact that Philly won. Dallas is motivated. They're not going to lose to the Giants. I mean, there's too much yeah. at stake here in this season. Yeah, I agree. They're not losing that game. It's just a matter of the <laughs> comes to play. So we'll see. Um, I might have to switch it. You both are on there. You guys are smoking me in this pool. You made a good case, Colter. I'm, fl- I'm flopping. I'm taking the Cowboys. <laughs> okay. For my first pick... It's pretty simple. We've talked about it. We've hit at it. Coulter even tweeted about it. (laughs) I'm taking the New England Patriots minus three and a half at Baltimore. It's ballsy. Okay. I'm taking Baltimore's a good team. Lamar Jackson can do things. But the way that Patriots defense is playing it's ridiculous. Now you can argue that they're going to have a regression to the mean. They're going to come back down to earth. I just like Belichick in this situation. Three and a half points is not a lot of points. They have covered their last four straight games. Spreads with massive numbers, folks. Let me read this to you. 16 and a half, cover. 17, cover. Nine and a half, cover. 10, cover. So three and a half points for the Patriots team. Give me Bill Belichick. Give me those three and a half. And I'm laughing all the way to the bank. You're on line with me. That's my second best bet. That's my best bet of the week. Patriots minus three and a half. Uh, do you want me to give my handicap too? Or so that is there a key pick? That's my key pick is New England. Yeah. Yep. Give I, us your analysis. I'm owing I'm two picking against them the last two weeks, so I'm done doing that. I picked <laughs> the Jets and the Browns. So, you know, I'm going with New England as the key pick here. Ravens defense is overrated. They had two scores against Seattle in Seattle, but guess who's not turning the ball over? The golden child, Tom Brady, uh, the ageless wonder. Pats are not going to turn the ball over here. And we talked about it in the preseason. We've talked about it all season. Lamar Jackson, yeah, he poses problems with his legs. He's impressed me a lot. He's been better than I thought he was going to be. But what happens when he comes or what happens when he falls from behind? If he's down yeah. 10, 14, 20 in this game, the Ravens want to pound the rock, control the clock. That's a great game plan against them. But is it doable all four quarters against this Bill Belichick team? I don't trust their skill guys. On the outside, their receivers, there's this Bill Belichick secondary. How do they get air yards in, the, against, in this game? If I'm Belichick, you try to stop Jackson's uh, running game, and that pretty much ends Baltimore's offense, I think. If you can contain him, uh, they're very limited. I think the Patriots get to 20 points on this softball uh, Ravens defense easily. I don't think Baltimore can get to 15, so there's my cover right there. If I say it's 20-15, that's enough for me for me to cover. The one thing I will say, uh, Cassie, you and I are both picking this game. The X factor here, the kicking game. <laughs> Ravens Ravens have all world Justin Tucker. He's an ace. The Patriots have now bought in Nick Folk to cover for Mike Nugent, who proved unreliable over the last couple of weeks. I do think the kicking game is something that might kill the Patriots later in the season. Hopefully not this week. Maybe it's in the playoffs, AFC Championship, missed kick for a loss or something like that. Wow, that would be awesome. Not this week, though. Hopefully they'll get the cover and the kicking game doesn't really factor into it here at all. But I did want to mention that. Nice. Mr. Model? 
I had this as my uh, first pick that I ended up swapping out for Cleveland. So I too am right there alongside you guys. And this is one of my favorite picks of the week. Yeah. I just, I don't, I can't see a way that uh, New England doesn't roll this. We've talked about this with Lamar Jackson before. Coulter is like, and you just said it. How is he going to come from behind? Who's he throwing the ball to? You just got to stop Lamar from running the ball. And Bill Belichick is going to do that. His trademark is take away your best player. And that's Lamar Jackson. They're going to do that. I just, I don't see how this is any different. One more key point too, for the listeners. And and if anyone's thinking about Baltimore here, I'm going to bring up one game that I watched pretty closely. Steelers, Baltimore, three weeks ago, Baltimore barely won that game. They won on a game winning kick against a third string quarterback against the Steelers team that was losing 14, nothing to the hapless dolphins last night in Monday night football. That's the Ravens that I'm betting against this week. This is a team that I think is overrated coming off that Seattle uh, victory. Great road win. Credit to John Harbaugh and his coaching staff. And I know they're they're coming off a bye, so they've had time to prepare for New England. But I'm betting against this Baltimore team because I I can't get that game out of my head. They had a third string quarterback. They could barely beat him. I mean, that's this is not as good of a team as people think they are. That's that's my bottom line. I like it. Okay, Mr. Model. It's time for your key pick. Who are you going with? I am going with the other undefeated team in the NFL right now. I am taking the San Francisco 49ers minus nine and a half over the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night. Now, you know, it's Thursday night. So something weird is going to happen and I'm hoping it's going to be weird in my favor. And so here's my rationale. San Francisco is seven and oh, they have beaten teams by more than 10 in five of those games. And I'm thinking that a lot of those teams that they've beaten by more than 10 are going to be a higher quality than what they're going to be seeing in this hapless rookie led quarterback for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Let me just read this to you for a little bit. So uh, 31, 17 against Tampa Bay, they covered more than 10 points there. Cincinnati Bengals, 41, 17 blowout Pittsburgh Steelers, a decent team, 24, 20, that was a closer game. Cleveland Browns, 31-3. Los Angeles Rams, 20-7. Washington Redskins, 9-0. That was just a totally weird game, and they still cool. almost beat by more than 10 points. And then this past week, Carolina Panthers, 51-13. I just think that uh, San Francisco is cruising on all cylinders. I think their defense is good. I think their offense is clicking. I really like that they're going to be uh, – I really think that they're going to score more than 21 you know, more than 21 points. And I don't see the Cardinals getting up a, a ton. So I, uh, I'm going to make them my key pick for this week. What do you guys think? I like it. And you know what? I almost, I came this close to making it my key pick. I I'm with you on every point you made there. Their offense is better. Their defense is superior. I don't see how Arizona can score with them. I also don't see how they can stop that offense. I, I mean, I, I don't know why it's not my key pick. So if, after I give you mine, maybe talk me out of it and I'll join you. Okay, let's have it. I think the one thing that has makes me hesitate here is the fact that San Francisco lost Breda and they also lost Wilson Jr. So they have a little bit of injury problems at the running back position and they also have injury problems on their offensive line. Short week has definitely favored the teams that are bigger in the spreads. We just saw that with Washington last week. So those are just my two points on Arizona. I think a lot of points. I mean, if we did the pod last week, we could have rattled off why Minnesota was a home run spot, uh, but they were getting, what was it, 16 points? It ended up being yeah. too, ma- too many. I know they were on the goal line at the end and they could have covered, but they didn't. 
I don't know. The Thursday nights are weird, and with with ten points, or it, that's where I kind of get iffy with it. I, I'm going to pick San Fran because they've been so impressive, but I I hesitate to make it a key pick just because of Thursday night, I guess. And also, I'm just really proud that none of us have picked the London game so far because the <laughs> Bill, Bill, Bill O'Brien versus Doug Marone is also a game. I just I I don't want to make a key pick or a best bet at all. But yeah, the, I, I like San Francisco. I just don't like it as a as a, a bet bet. You just got to feel bad for the people of London. You've got that coaching <laughs> matchup going. It's just terrible. Okay. Well, I don't know. Minshew versus Watson is kind of an intriguing QB. Oh, matchup, yeah. I guess there, but there's it's... definitely some stars there. But yeah. Um, okay. I got a question for you guys. Do you have this, this week's uh, slate of games pulled up in front of you with the spreads? Oh, of course. Okay. I would like you to guess my key pick. I'm going to give you a little clue here. Okay. This is what everyone in the world would call a classic trap pick. So a team coming off a win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, uh, team coming off a loss. Uh, ooh. Hmm. That, that, that threw a wrinkle in there. I thought you were going to go with the Chargers, but I knew you, you listened to me too well about the, uh, <laughs> the Anthony Lynn. I'm going to guess that you're looking at Minnesota plus three and a half over Kansas City. Ooh, good guess, but that is not the correct answer. Coulter, do you, you want to throw a guess in? You're taking a team that lost last week. Is that correct? No, I'm taking a team that won. Oh, that won. Playing a team that Playing lost. Playing a team that lost. Oh. I think that's why it's a potential trap. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, it's got to be Philadelphia against Chicago. That is my pick. <laughs> that's a great one. Coaching mismatch. I had it yep. as one of my honorable mentions as well. Yep. Doug Peterson versus Matt Nagy. Uh the thing about the Philadelphia, though, is what is going on in that locker room? That's why I took yeah. Buffalo last week. I, I, I'm so confused about what's going on there. I keep hearing reports of a hate Wentz. Let's, yeah. hear your, let's hear your handicap, though, because I'm sure it's good. And that's why I'm I'm just nervous about this game. It it's, looks like a trap game to me. I also was with you last week. I picked Buffalo. I thought they were going to win at home. Buffalo, I thought, was the better team. I still think they actually may be the better team than the Eagles. Um, however, I just made a point earlier in the show Better quarterback, better coach. Take that mismatch all the way to the bank. Philly's at home, too, which I think makes a big difference here. If this game was in Chicago, I'm not touching it. Who knows what's going to happen? I just don't see a way that Trubisky can score on Philly. Their defense is not that good in Philadelphia, but Trubisky is terrible. Now, if you want to say Nagy's going to come back to the lab, try and do all this creative things, they just cannot fucking run the ball. They are not a good offense. If you make Mitch Trubisky pass the ball, you're going to beat them. And that's what the, I think Delaney Walker said that one week, or I forget who the a guy actually direct quote said, Hey, if we knew if we made Mitch throw the ball, we were going to beat them. So I just can't see that happening. I think that Philly's offense, they came alive last week. They showed me a little bit. They've got some life. I think they realize now that they're, that division is obviously wide open. Dallas, you know, they're good, but Philly's not out of this. I think they can make a run here. And I just think at home, given the coaching mismatch, given the quarterback mismatch, I think that's a home run pick. I think you might have just, you missed one little thing there. It was a perfect handicap. This adds to the coaching mismatch. What do Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy have in common? Yeah, they're in the Andy, Andy Reid disciples. These guys yep. coach with each other. If anybody knows Matt Nagy's little weird wrinkles, it's yep. Doug Peterson. He's going to completely shut down all those little weird things that he does because he knows that they're coming from a mile away. This offense of Chicago has no advantage in this game, in my opinion. 
Because guess what? Philadelphia's run defense is stout. We were just talking about how Aaron Jones is the MVP. He had 13 carries for 21 yards against Philly on Thursday Night Football a couple weeks ago. This is a great run defense. The Bears will not be able to run. It's all about Mitch Trubisky throwing. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles four and a half. Great Great point about the coaches. I I love that pick. So I'm not confident enough to make it my key pick. Yeah, but I have already – I'm already on Philadelphia minus four and a half. I was on Buffalo last week and I'd gotten absolutely burned and that really stung. So I figured I'd uh, ride Philadelphia for a little bit. I like them at home. I like them over Chicago, who's been you know pretty listless. I like everything you said. I'm right there with you. I am uh, excited that I actually had a pick that you are making your key pick and that it should come through for me. I like it, man. Key pick, Kazley. Took a week off, just like the podcast. <laughs> Coming back strong. <laughs> I'm, I, I might hop on that key pick with you. I'm not even kidding. That yeah. Philadelphia, that's I love that. I just don't see how they lose that game. And maybe maybe it's uh, like I talked myself in a circle or it could be a trap game. But I like it. I like it a lot. My last point before we uh, sign off on the episode, boys, I do want to say that I have watched over the last two weeks, probably the least amount of football that I've watched in a two week span in my entire life. So. Various amount of reasons, good reasons, went to the World Series, was traveling, had a lovely vacation. It's good to get back and just soak in the NFL. And we're at the point where the season's about to get interesting. So let's strap in. We got some good picks coming up. We got a lot of good games coming. So enjoy the football, boys. (laughs) Couldn't say it better myself. All right. That is our episode. We will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent.